Welcome to From Caving In to Crushing It, the podcast for those who find themselves immersed in adversity and choose to write their story instead of having others write it for them. I'm Drew Duraney, and I'm your host. Orly, I'm so glad you came on. It's really great to see you. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. So we, um, yeah, I'm very grateful you're in my life and we've gotten to know each other very well over the, over the last year or so. And your story is absolutely unbelievable. And you're, you're very inspirational that you share your story to really strengthen other people. Uh, and so many people I've, I've seen and heard um, really learn a lot from the way you carry yourself. So that's why I really wanted to have you on. Thank you. You're very welcome. So we all know that life is not linear. Uh, you know, we, we, we aren't where we are because we've always wanted to be, right? Life throws us some, some curveballs and ends up taking us where we are. If you could go as, as far back as you feel comfortable uh, to get to that moment that you realized, you know, there's a better way to live and, and kind of go into that moment and let us know a little about you. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, it's a it's a definitely loaded question. Yes, it is. <laughs> so it's a very loaded question. In the in a say, how far can I go back? I think it's in my childhood, uh, because I saw my parents struggle, you know, with money, and I also realized very early on, and I don't know how, but it could be instinctively or intuitively that when my father's, you know, when I used to ask for money to go to to a movie or whatever, my parents would say, well, we're not Rothschilds, you know, we're not, mm -hmm. you know, do we, do we have the face of a winner? Mm -hmm. uh, do you, you, do you, you know, my father would spend mm -hmm. money on lottery and a I would say, why do you buy so much lottery? He goes, well, we don't have the face of a winner. And, and so it was so many of those little things that I was like, oh my God, lack of money, lack of opportunity, lack of all that stuff. And then they had the opportunity to have a business and they didn't want to work hard at it. So they, mm -hmm. they felt like, you know, that, okay, we give up. So they give up too soon on too many places. And my parents changed jobs many times. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like, this is not where I want to live. Mm -hmm. I want to have a better life for myself, mm -hmm. live, spend, do what I want, when I want to do it. And I think that started then. I became a very young entrepreneur uh, at the age of 14. <laughs> well, you know, that's, that it, it's impressive because most of us, and I'll put myself in there too, you know, more greater than 50% of our belief systems formed by the age of seven years old. And Correct. We're on autopilot till we're 18 and our belief system's kind of handed to us. And then we're a lot of most of us don't push back. You mm. pushed back at a young age. Um, the entrepreneur spirit, where did that come from and what did you do with it? So early on, I had the taste of money, how to make money. Mm -hmm. I delivered newspapers. I used to do uh, cold calling, even at the age of 14 with my parents' uh, agreement. Mm -hmm. uh, one of their friends had a calling center where we had to make calls, uh, cold calling. So I started in that. And I also did it for my mom's uh, boss. And I also uh, used to put labels on products for a beauty product company uh, and all, you know, so all these were like summer jobs, right? So mm -hmm. I did that. I uh, I also delivered the newspapers and I babysat. So I got the taste of money and making money was just a fun thing to do, right? You're a child, you're 12 years old, you're making all this money. I'm going to spend it on my things, you know, but then something happened with my mom where she bought 
things for my brother to mm -hmm. go to school. So we went to like Walmart, right? It was a Walmart. It was called Kmart at the time. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so I, we went to Kmart and I'll remember, I remember this scene vividly so I can share it. Uh, my mom was buying um, a sweater for my brother for the new year, for the school mm -hmm. year. And I was like, what, what about me? They were there for girls too. They were like both colors, like they were mm -hmm. reds and pinks and so sure. on. And there were also browns and greens and blues. And so I asked and, and she said, well, you have your money, buy your own. And from wow. that moment, I decided that I will not ask for money. I will make my own money and mm -hmm. I'll never ask again for anything. So from that age, I paid for my own stuff. I've never asked for anything. And wow. that was a real pivotal moment. If you think about it, what prompted me to even become more of an entrepreneur, right. I'm going to make money because that was my driver point. Absolutely. At the age of 14, we also went to Wildwood, New Jersey for vacation every mm -hmm. year. Right. And at the age of 16, uh, I went with my parents again. Uh, it was a family vacation right after school ended. And while my parents used to go to the casinos and things mm -hmm. like that, they would give us money to go to the arcades on the boardwalk. Sure. But I took that money and I saved it. I didn't spend it on arcades wow. and, and nonsense. But okay. what I did was, is I went to look for a job. I, I went to look to see how I can get working papers. And at my age, they were giving those working papers for anybody that's under the age of 60, 18, okay. because mm -hmm. at the age of 18, you would have to go through immigration and all that stuff. Okay. So I went all I, I rented a bike to go all the way to North Wildwood so I can get my working papers and I got myself a job and I got myself a place to stay for the rest of the summer. And then two days before my parents were leaving back to go to Montreal, I told them that I'm not leaving with them. And they said, what? Right. Like my mother said, well, what are you going to do? And I said, well, right after breakfast, I will show you where I'm going to be living, where I'll be working. And that's how I'm going to stay here for the rest of the summer. And so it was. And they met my bosses. They met, wow. I, I, was, I found myself a waitressing job and uh, the rest was history. I went back a couple of summers after that while I was going to college. And uh, yeah, that's how I started making lots of money. Good for you. And yeah, it, it, what I I find intriguing is you you built your own opportunity to gain confidence because if you had stopped at mom saying you can't have money because you have your own because you're working at it you could have easily said well he doesn't work and 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 fallen into that and you know so i give you i get, give you credit for that um personally your relationship with 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 uh your family um how many brothers and sisters did you have i have one brother Older or younger? He's younger by a year and a half. Wow. How's your relationship with him? Oh, it's great. I mean, yeah. we've been through some of the same things with our parents and so on. Yeah. So we, we have a very close bond. He took another route in his life and, mm. and that's fine. He also, I brought him to Wildwood so he can make money. He brought his two friends. And until mm. today, some of them still work in Wildwood, but they own stores. They, they, they made a name and a, and a business for themselves, but they all blame me. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? That's good blame to have because you gave them the, sure. the drive and, you know, they, they, people will emulate the, the behavior of others. I'm sure he looked mm -hmm. up to you. Yeah. Um, the, I know that your you uh, mindset mastery is one of your your things, and right. and you to get to the point where you where you realize that you may need a shift in mindset. Many of us need to have a two by four hit 
upside the head for us to realize it. I know I have. Right. How did you get into that area where you realized that you can control your reality? Well, that's a great question. Thank you for that. As as an avid learner, I, I'm also, you know, I love self-help. And I was introduced to self-help through the Tony Robbinses of the world and so on. Mm. When Tony Robbins was just starting out, mm. I, I got to, I got introduced to his programs and I got introduced to Deepak Chopra, Steve Covey, all of these guys. And I followed some of them. And after a while, um, you know, they had, there was something there, you know, and I, I felt there was something there mm -hmm. and I, I, I wanted to just get over my own heart, you know, the, the, my story, my, what I've been through mm -hmm. and I, and I will share with you what I've been mm -hmm. through. It's just a pivotal thing where I was in property management for so long. Mm -hmm. And one day I got asked to speak at a women's shelter mm -hmm. and I, and I was speaking also in the, in the world of, of, um, of property management, but why would I speak at a women's shelter? That's what I asked my friend. I said, yeah. what? She, I said, what do you want me to speak about? Property management? She's like, no, I want you to tell your story. And I said, oh, no, that's not happening mm -hmm. at all. And 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 she said, oh, come on. You know, uh, I said, so you, do you have an annoying friend? Because I have some annoying friends. Do you yeah, have annoying yeah, friends? They won't, won't and stop so, <laughs> she called every single day for like three weeks. Are you going to do it? Are you going to do it? Are you going to do it? I said, after three weeks, I said, Liz, I, you know, I don't understand why you're asking me. There's other people that speak on the subject matter you want me to speak about. And she said, well, you know, you have this bubbly personality everywhere you go. People hug you. People who don't know you hug you. You're like a social butterfly and you live a lifestyle that most people dream about. I want you to come and give these women hope. And I said, okay, what do I have to do to get you off my phone? At this point, I was like even more resistant <laughs> yeah. to not doing Absolutely. this, right? And so finally, uh, I relented and I a, a couple of months went by and I, I hired a coach. I hired a, a speaking coach because I was speaking in the realm of, of, uh, of property management, but I didn't know a thing about speaking about my story, mm -hmm. nor, nor did I, you know, ever thought about looking at, Tony Robbins and the gang to think that I can do this, right? It was not even in my horizon. Right. But I hired a coach uh, to teach me. And then I, I got to speak at this women's shelter a few months later. And and there was not one dry eye in the place. There were about 170 people there. And once I got off the stage, mm -hmm. things were weird for me because I was not used to anything that happened next. Sure. And the one thing that happened, the first thing that happened is that people were hugging me and thanking me for being there. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for giving me hope. And that started like brewing in my brain because I never mm -hmm. had that in property management. It was always Miss Amor and I, my board of directors and my condominium. Mm -hmm. You know, it was such an annoying that thing right. where yeah. here I am like you know uh showered with love and, yeah. and appreciation that I never lived before the second thing that happened it was one lady that came up to me and she was crying profusely and she said thank you you don't understand and I said no I do understand sweetheart you just need to breathe because she was really mm. hyperventilating yeah, right. and and back and forth we went as at one point she yelled at me no you don't understand <laughs> And I was taken aback because this was my first motivational right. speech. Now I'm laughing, but I was not laughing at the time. No. I, was taken, I was so taken aback that I didn't realize what was going on. But everybody had 
quieted down around us. So everybody was listening in right. on what's going on. And, and she pulled a piece of paper out of her pocket and she showed it to me. And she said, you see here, this is how I was going to kill myself this morning. In wow. fact, I don't remember driving from my house to the shelter. As you can see, that's not where I was going, but I want to live. And I want you to show me how. Wow. I drew, I was in Niagara Ooh. Falls. Like I was crying. I, I didn't know how to hold myself. This, I have goosebumps still telling yeah, you this. This happened 25 yeah. years ago. Wow. And so it was really euphoric in a way. And, and to tell you my story really quickly in 18 seconds is that mm -hmm. I was actually a beaten up child. I was molested four times before the age of 14. I was raped three times before the age of 22, twice gang raped, nine months apart, left for dead. And I was also married to a very abusive husband, both mentally and physically. And as a result of that, I gained a morbid amount of weight. I was 428 pounds at my heaviest. I had to have four abortions because of that. And for those of you who are against it, uh, I am against it. It's just a, a decision that I had to make really mm -hmm. quickly mm. at the age that I was and the way that it happened. Oh my God. And, uh, and I need to say that now. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and 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 this is where I was, you know, so it was kind of a, of a moment where it was a pivotal moment in my life yes. where I realized that what I was doing in my life, such as property management, was mm -hmm. no longer serving the greater good and the bigger purpose for me, which I which I believe that we each and every one of us come into this planet, into this world, our soul, our body is just a vehicle. I believe in that. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I also believe that God put us here to experience everything. Mm -hmm, so absolutely. we can take it as a, oh my God, what happened to me? And woe is me. Or we can say, okay, what can I learn from this? Right? Absolutely. In my Mindset Mastery program, I, I show people how to understand that these type of gifts are wrapped in sandpaper mm -hmm. so what can we find about it right so i went through that story because i probably am here to make a difference in other people's lives and to inspire others through it right yes uh geez there's so much here to, to unpack orly um you talk about gifts and we talk about resistance right we resist a lot of things in our lives because we're trying to protect ourselves your friend trying to get you to speak at the women's shelter. And we talked about God. It was almost like that was God's voice and message coming through her to get you onto sure. a stage, knowing that you're going to find your purpose once you do that. And that's sure. powerful. And to add, that's, that's a great point that you're making because uh, to add to that, I was really starting to hate property management. I really mm -hmm. didn't like it anymore. I wrote two books on the subject matter. I changed yeah. the law in the state of Florida. I did so many great things, but yeah. I hated it at one point. Mm -hmm. It was already getting to me, you know? Yes. And, and, not, and I believe God, the universe, whatever you guys believe in, um, it, sometimes it nudges you. It mm -hmm. kind of puts something mm -hmm. like a, a, a stick in your reel and something is happening there in your life and you don't pay attention. And then it punches you and and it does another thing that will throw you off. And 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 what happened to me was that my, my girls in my office stole $84,000 out of my bank accounts. You know, so another thing happens and another right. thing happens right. until you're pushed to the ground and you have no other choice but to listen. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. And that was my listening part where, okay, I'll do this, right? Very resistant, but very also, re um, uh, you know, understanding that there must be a message around this, mm -hmm. but not really wanting to acknowledge it. Absolutely. Right. Now, do you think you get off the stage speaking at the women's shelter and you're getting the hugs and the accolades from the women? I know we don't do these if thens, if thens. If the woman who was going to kill herself didn't approach you and pretending that didn't happen, do you think you would have gotten to where you are now with? Just the hugs and stuff like that. Or did you need that bigger nudge from that woman? Was she sent from God? Uh, I'm going to answer it for my for my own experience. Yeah. Yes. But I'm going to also answer it in a general way. Okay. Because life will throw things at you, mm -hmm. as you said earlier. But a pivotal moment in your life has to be substantial. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, people until they get bankrupt they don't understand the meaning the 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 the, the value of money True. people that lose you know until they get divorced they they don't listen to their spouses or mm -hmm. they don't see the signs or they they it's mm -hmm. not that they weren't there they were all well all along mm -hmm. they were there right. but we didn't listen and we didn't want to acknowledge and so this happens to us through life and that's the pivotal point that you can either take and make it a positive change in your life or you can take and go into drugs and alcohol and do whatever to uh erase it from your mind for a short period of time and then you have to rebuild yourself mm -hmm. in order to achieve anything and so people don't need to get there it's like when somebody dies in our in, in that is close to us mm -hmm. and we kind of think you know what life is precious life is too short right how many times have you heard life is too short life is too short how many right. people actually use life as it is short, mm -hmm. as you will die tomorrow. How right. many people live for today, happy today, blissful today, abundant today, instead of waiting for tomorrow where they will not, is not the which is not promised, Promise. right? And and so when you go into that um into that question where you say, if it didn't happen, mm -hmm. would you have still have a pivotal moment? I would have had a pivotal moment, but maybe not that day. Exactly. Right. It's it just going to happen no day. matter what. That's the right. Pit, so that's where I meant by for me personally. Right. And as a general rule, it has to be substantial. Right. It, had, it has to be substantial and you have to be willing to make a change because if you weren't ready to make that change, you may not have done it. A lot of people miss those signs. Well, really, uh, it's it's. I I wouldn't have made the change then. Then I would have made a change maybe later, right. and maybe ha I would have lost maybe 10, 20 years of my life exactly. looking for the next thing, mm -hmm. or I would have continuously suffered mm -hmm. different types of pivotal moments right. where I could, uh, I could take advantage of, right. or that I could just continue in the way many people are still dormant. To mm -hmm. that, where you know you can't tell, you can't take, you can't take them out of it. No. They like to go to the work. They like to go to. The, they have a job. They like to do their job. They like to get their salary. They like to have their place to live, whether it's renting or buying a mm -hmm. house. And then they rent a car or lease a car or buy a car. And then you know, like they just live life with payments, payments, making right. ends meet, 
need, having plenty of credit cards, building their credit, having a credit, no credit, it doesn't really matter. They just live that life until they die. Yeah. And, you know, and, it's, and, yeah. And you and say something often, uh, you, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And and I that's one of the my favorite things that you say. And now I say it. And it's true. It's true. We don't know what we don't know. And you got to give yourself that opportunity. And speaking of sure. opportunities, you were already a very well-known public speaker in a specific industry. Correct. After that event at the Women's Shelter, how did you pivot and then start speaking in other arenas? How difficult was that to, to kind of cross industry lines? Well, what I realized that day with the woman that, you know, wanted to kill herself, um, what I realized that I have a bigger purpose. Mm -hmm. So I didn't think in my head, oh, wow, this was cool. It mm -hmm. was more like, wow, I just saved someone's life. Right, right. So in either of my book, Public Speakers, You're Not All That, or the uh, Mindset Mastery book, 12 mm -hmm. Powers We Hold Within, uh, either one of these books tells my story mm -hmm. as Chris, who was with me those day, that day, right. would tell the story. He tells the story of okay. how this whole day happened, right? And uh, at the end of it, he tells the story about we're in the car, we're driving away, and 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 he tells me to write a book, and that's what he says, right? And that's mm -hmm. the story in the book that I'm going to write a book, <laughs> but I'm going to tell you the true story of what happened. Yeah, right. I was driving away from that event and I was crying and I was holding the wheel and I was saying, screw property management. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I don't want to, I don't right. want to do property management anymore. Screw it. You know? And <laughs> so that's, what's really happening in my car while I'm right. driving and crying. And I realized right then and there that all these messages of yucky feeling that I didn't like property management anymore that mm -hmm. were happening for the past year before that event. Right. I was like, oh, you know what? Okay, maybe there's another way. Mm. And then, you know, and there's another way. It must be another way. It has to be another way, right? right. And that's where I went. And I was a Tony Robbins groupie. Like sure. I would travel the world after wherever he was, right? Right, uh, right. Quick, quick story that would be really cool for this, and exactly mm -hmm. why. Sure. Um, I was in San Diego at a Tony Robbins event, and of course, you meet amazing people at these events. They're yes. fantastic. Absolutely. And about ten days later, I was in Paris, France, at a Tony Robbins event. Mm -hmm. Yes, did right. Okay. And so I'm there, and I walk into the auditorium, and I see the same people that I met in San Diego, hmm. in the auditorium. And hmm. my first thought, and I'll be very polite saying this, mm -hmm. my first thought was, what the heck are they doing here? Mm -hmm. And then my second thought was, what the heck are you doing here? Mm. Didn't you get the memo? Like, mm -hmm. don't you think you've had enough of learning, learning the same thing? Are you going to start implementing it into your mm -hmm. life and start Good living point. life? Mm -hmm. And so I went back to Florida where I was living at the time. And I just realized that, you know what? I know what to do. And I met with a mentor of mine. Mm -hmm. He's still my mentor till this day. God bless him. Uh, so I call him Sir Martin. He's a 33 degree Mason as well as he was knighted by the queen. And, right. and there's like, wow. he has really great accolades. Mm -hmm. And so I sat, he went, I called him up. He's like, Hey, you want to do, you want to have lunch? And I'm like, Oh, for sure. You know? So we're going for lunch and he does this, you know, he's an older man and mm -hmm. he sits back and, you know, nothing excites him. He's like, mm -hmm. um, so how have you been doing? And I said, you know what, Martin, I 
have been traveling the world, doing all these seminars and webinars and buying the books and reading the books and doing the 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 the, the CDs and DVDs and cassettes. At the, at the time yeah. I started, it was cassette things. Right, you know? right. And so, yeah, I'm aging myself. <laughs> so I was listening to the tapes and and I said, I'm just tired of doing it all. I'm I'm stopping all this now, right now. And I know that there's something missing in all these seminars and everything that I'm learning. And I'm going to find out what that is. And I'm going to write a program that actually does that. Wow. And he said, okay, dear, when you have it, call me. He was very condescending, mm-hmm. but at the same time, lovingly condescending. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And and like he doesn't even believe I'll do it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. <laughs> so six months later, I called him up and I said, Sir Martin, I wrote a program that I think will change people's life immediately, like from the first session. Wow. And he said, okay, come to my house tomorrow morning, eight o'clock AM. And I'm like, okay. So he's the kind of guy you don't send an email to. So I had to print the whole thing. Okay. So I printed it and I brought it to his house at eight o'clock sharp. And he took it, I put it on his desk and he took it and he's like, just one page at a time going through it. And I'm thinking, oh my God, we're going to be here all day. This guy is going through every single Hmm. page. Yeah. Well, two hours later, as I'm sitting there calmly and very peacefully and patiently, Mm -hmm. he, he puts it down and he says, okay, I have a few questions for you. And I'm like, okay, shoot, I'm, I'm in. All right. So now he's asking me questions of the sort of, well, how did you find out this? How do you know this will work? How do you know this is going to work? Uh, where did you get this kind of information? What if, what if, what if, what if? And we were going on and on. And if you know, Drew, when you're on full adrenaline, yeah. you don't know the concept of time, thirsty, nope. hungry, nothing. Nope, you're not on full adrenaline. Nothing Absolutely. matters. So uh, after so much of drilling, he says to me, do you know what time it is? And I thought that was like the stupid question on, you know, on the platform. (laughs) And he and he looks at me dead serious. So I'm looking outside and it's kind of dark. And I said, well, it must be, you know, I don't know. It's it's dark outside. So it's eight o'clock at night. I don't know what time it is. He goes, Orly, it's two o'clock in the morning. Basically the next days. We've been at it for that long. Oh my. And he says to me, if you came to me to get my blessing on this program, you have my blessing. It's a great program because all I did all day was try to convince you that you don't have your information, but you answered every question with certainty and, and, um, and determination Mm -hmm. that it not, not only certainty, but I think it's conviction Conviction, that this is it. Then, then you, you don't need me. This is really great you know? And so I went home crying again, right? Because the adrenaline mm-hmm. has left my body. Oh boy! Yes. And when you, your adrenaline leaves your body, you cry. Mm-hmm. That's the way it works. Right. And so I'm driving and I, I was, I was driving. And when I drive or when I'm laughing or crying, my cheeks are so big. I squint and I see, mm-hmm. I see nothing. Yep. <laughs> so I had, to pull, <laughs> I I had to pull over as I was crying at the same time. <laughs> I had to pull over oh, to yeah. calm myself down yeah. and then drive home. <laughs> But I didn't do anything with that program. I just did absolutely nothing with it until 2006 or seven. Really? 2008. It took a few years before I did something with it. Yeah. Okay. 
And in 2012, uh, sorry, 10, mm -hmm. uh, as I started also my business of public speaking coaching, right. I also started my mindset mastery coaching with CEOs and CFOs of Fortune 500 and Fortune 100 companies wow. because of a friend of mine who brought me to New York. And sure. that's how it all grew. Yeah. Wow. Well, I could talk, I could talk to you all day. There's, I a, know, right? there's another piece of your life. You're a very modest person. Don't you like, aren't you involved in maybe a nonprofit that might be kind of important that you may want to mention? Yeah, sure. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, I told you my story. I'm and, fascinated you know, about this. I yeah. was not, I was not trafficked, but right, the, the, right. the human trafficking, sex and yeah. labor, slavery with mm -hmm. children is really, and I, and, and because of everything that I've been through mm -hmm. in my story, yes. I just, I don't, I don't think I would ever experience what it's like to be trafficked because right. that's horrible on its own. Yes. But I do know what it's like not to have a voice, mm -hmm. not to have somebody listening when you're crying and screaming for help. Absolutely. And there are many, many beautiful organizations that are bringing awareness to human trafficking. Even legislators are now looking at it but they can't do anything about it because the deep state and 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 government officials are still mm -hmm. are doing it mm -hmm. they're profiting from it yes. it's, they're making money it's a yes, it's a 150 billion dollar industry and so in 2021 beginning of 2021 i decided to start a nonprofit called you are my light.org you are my light, light like the 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 light, the the bulb, the light. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and we're building healing centers for rescued victims of human trafficking, sex and labor mm -hmm. slavery, because those who are rescuing them don't have anywhere to take them. Mm -hmm. They can't Absolutely. put them in foster care because that's where it starts. Mm -hmm. They can't put them in in shelters because there's no room. And there's no money. So these kids have maybe after they get rescued in the real world, they get they have maybe a seven day span to, to live mm -hmm. before they die. They kill themselves or they they take over they drug overdose, whatever yeah. that may be. And according to legislators and people who have spoken to some of these rescued victims, they're claiming that it's two years span before they they're done. They have gotten so abused in so many ways My that God. you and I cannot even fathom no. that their body will be shot. It, mm -hmm. it won't it won't be able to recuperate what no. they've been through. Right. One of my friends who was trafficked, her her uh her uh, trafficker uh tried to put a, a branch in her. Like it oh. was I mean, there's so many things that I can say. It's horrible. And you have no idea the sickness of the people, right? And right. he was a worker in a hospital. He was just a nurse. Unbelievable. And he was married with children. Oh, my God. And he had her and another girl trafficked. And and so you, you don't know, but it's right next door to you. Yeah. And unfortunately, here in America, it's a huge, huge, huge pandemic, if you it will is. call it a pandemic Absolutely. or an epidemic. epidemic. People just don't want to think about it. They don't want to see it. They don't want to hear, you know, mm -hmm. I get it. I understand. It's horrific. You don't want to, you don't want to get involved, but get involved. You know yes. what? Go to, you are my light and give a donation, go to other organizations, give a donation, donate of your stuff. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. these shelters and the people who are helping these kids mm -hmm. need clothing, need backpacks, need brushes, hairbrushes, toothbrushes, whatever, soap, 
yeah, the things that we kind of take for granted, we you do. know, we take a lot for granted. Go, yes, right. We go to the dollar store. We can buy another twenty dollars worth of stuff and mm -hmm. send it to to someone that you know. So getting involved, you know, many Americans have this thing about thinking, well, this is not my problem, mm -hmm. and it's not really my responsibility. Well, I believe differently. I believe mm -hmm. it's all of our responsibility. We live next door to some of these predators. We like to 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 uh, to um, uh, report uh, sex offenders, yes. and we and as soon as they leave jail, even if they're recuperated, we have to name them, and they have to be on the sex offender list, and so on. Well, why don't we do that with traffickers? You're right. Why don't You're we just you know? Right. I mean, mm -hmm. I believe in killing. You know, an eye for an eye, literally. Mm -hmm. But you know, I mean, I'm not the president nor am I, you know, any of a public official, nor am I a, um, a uh, Senate, you know, a senator or anything like mm -hmm. that as far mm -hmm. as political. Um, so we need to get involved with our communities. We need to get involved with our politicians. We need to get involved to let them know, hey, you got to do something about this. Yes, absolutely. You know, and I don't think we will stop it completely because now the cartels are in on it. The yes, cartels now why would they even push drugs on anybody? They don't have to. They can just have people and sell them over and mm -hmm. over and over again. They don't have to transport it. They don't have to bring it into our country. Although we have kids are being brought to our country mm -hmm. to be uh, sex slaves or, or 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 any other slavery you can think of. And, and that's happening right now. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people have brought light into this subject. and And some people don't want to believe that it exists here. And that's okay. You know, I mean, to each his own, everybody gets it when they get it. And that's mm -hmm. it. Well, you're an amazing person and you're providing a service, uh, the aftercare piece that yes. is often neglected in many arenas in, in this country, whether it's the military, police, the aftercare piece is so important. And I thank you so much for for being that person who is uh, has that light and is shining it brightly. So thank you so much. You're welcome, of course. So two final questions. Okay. Right? So Orly, you're sitting down with seven to 10 year old Orly and you want to give her advice about life. What are you going to tell her? Listen to your gut. Listen to your intuition. Listen to your gut. It will never fail you. Things will happen, bad, good, no matter what. Keep your chin up. And move forward from it. Put it behind you. The past is in the past. Put it behind you. Don't bring it about. And never, ever, ever give up on your goals, dreams, and aspirations. That's beautiful, Orly. All right, I'll ask you the last question. You're putting a different hat on. Now you are sitting with young Orly, the young businesswoman, entrepreneur, ready to make a be a, become a force in the business world what advice business-wise are you going to tell her the first advice it would be what my father always told me is stop yeah. sharing everything with everybody <laughs> stop yeah. telling everybody what you're doing you know mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. you know in my family they believe in the evil eye or jealousy and stuff like that so kind of jinxing it when you tell people what you're doing and how you're mm -hmm. living and whatever i don't know about that but i will tell her to stop talking Okay. And listen more. Uh, the other thing is don't ever let anybody tell you you can't do something. Mm -hmm. 
because I've been told so many times, ah, oh, you're not going to make it. Ah, oh, you're not going to do it. Yeah, oh, it's not for you. Ah, oh, you know, and I, I never listened to that. And I would tell her never to listen to that. And, and for those I did listen, I, I felt like I missed out and I probably did. Mm -hmm. And so the good, the, 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 those two things are probably the biggest thing I would say. Absolutely. Oh, and the, the last piece is save money. Learn, learn about financing, mm -hmm. learn how to mm -hmm. deal with money, prepare yourself for your, for your life to always have what you need. So you can never depend on anyone. That's also a big component that I would tell her as a young entrepreneur. That's a huge, huge point. You count on yourself, not on others to to write your story for you. Orly, this has been wonderful. Well, the audience has definitely gotten a sense of the essence of Orly Amore. More people are going to want to get in touch with you. How do they do that? Well, they can go to my website, meetorlyamore.com, M-E-E-T-O-R-L-Y-A-M-O-R.com and get on my calendar for a 20 minute uh, brief uh, discovery call. I like to call it because then we learn about each other and see where we're at and how I can support. And uh, they can literally find me on Instagram, um, TikTok. It's all I am Orlia Moore, I-A-M-O-R-L-Y-A-M-O-R -O -O on LinkedIn, all of those social media platforms, even on Facebook, they can find me it's not hard to find me. <laughs> Google me. You'll find me. <laughs> uh, Orly, I, I'm very grateful you're in my life and we're friends. And um, I thank you for coming on. You're an amazing human being. Thank and uh, and people should definitely get in touch with you. And thanks again for coming on. Thank you so much for having me, Drew. Appreciate yeah, it. Absolutely. Take care, everybody. Be well. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, Please subscribe and give us a review to help others find it. If you find yourself immersed in adversity and would like to find support from other men in times of struggle, please become a member of my Men Supporting Men Collaboration Tribe by emailing me at drew at profitcompassion.com, expressing your interest, and I'll get in touch with you. Speak to you soon.